Amen. Y'all know the routine, don't you? Anybody ready for 2024? Anybody ready for Jesus to come? <laughs> That'd be a whole lot better, wouldn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I do think we should believe God for good things, though, this year. You know, not trying to hype people up, you know, with phrases, mottos, you know, about the coming years and stuff. But we should believe for God to do something good. The devil's done a lot of stuff in our nation to try to destroy a lot of things. And he's reaped havoc in a lot of the church. But, you know, God can turn it around. And he just wants us to believe him. So we just need to believe God for this coming new year that he'll, he'll let's preach this morning, work in us and work through us, amen, and that have his way. And if, if he can make a change in us, he can make a change in the world, amen. Good to see everybody tonight. Uh, glad that you came to church and uh, pray that you'll be blessed by the time you leave, that you'll be touched, that something be said. You'll hear something you need to hear. The Spirit of God will move upon you. You know, that's what we need. We need a, the presence of God. We need God's power to touch us. And I, this morning, I felt like I didn't preach a very good message, but I felt like the Lord was trying to get a point across to people that if if you'll open up and if you'll surrender and if you'll really let Jesus be Lord of your life, you will see God do things in your life like you have never seen. As for everybody, as for all of us, the more I believe that we learn to surrender, the more that God can do things in our heart and life. And that's what he wants, amen. So tonight, if you didn't get it this morning, you got an opportunity tonight to lay it, lay it down and say, Lord, I want you to make a change in my life this coming year, amen. And he's able to do it. Let's pray tonight and welcome the Spirit of God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to have your way tonight. We ask you to touch us. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to move through us. God, we pray that you would anoint everything done tonight here, everything said, Lord, from the piano to the singing to the the music, the preaching, everything, every aspect of this service, Lord, we ask you to anoint it. We pray, God, for this coming new year, Lord, that you would be in control of our lives, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to follow you, to follow you closely, to listen to your voice, Lord, and to be waiting for the sound of that trumpet, that when you come, that we are ready to go, Lord. We ask you to touch us tonight and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.
race in vain. And you got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Oh, and build your hopes on things eternal. And hold to God's unchanging hand. You got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Oh, and build your hopes on things eternal. And hold to God's unchanging hand. Oh, and trust in Him, He'll never leave you. Let it shine, let it shine, let it 
Can you give him a hand cup of praise this evening, amen? I know we have <clears throat> a lot of people struggling with sinuses, allergies. I'm one. People are sick. People need prayer. People are just going through things. It's that time of the year. Christmas has come. Holidays around. People are coping with everything but what they should be. And it's sad to say, but that's why we're here. That's why we should be who we should be outside of the doors, who we should talk to and minister to, those that are going through things, not just us that go through things, there's others too. And you never know what someone's going through. You never know on the workplace, at home, friend. I mean, you never know. Just because somebody smiles does not mean... Okay, we're good. We're good now. Okay, we're back. Just because someone smiles doesn't mean anything. You don't know what a person is really going through. Okay, we're going to Okay, now we're good. <laughs> Third time makes a charm. But you never know what people are going through. And even Christians, or people that say they're Christians, might not even know Jesus. I mean, we've talked about it several times. People that have sat on a pew for 30-some-odd years, 20 years, 10 years, and they're like, I never even got saved. I never even knew because obviously something wasn't being taught right. And some people reject, can sit on a pew and reject it. Sometimes it's not even can not even be what's ministered. There could be someone here who sits on a pew, could be here for years, and never gave their heart to the Lord truly. And no matter if you're preaching right or wrong, sometimes that's how people are, and that's how they can be, and that's why we have to tell the people the truth. Because how will they know if they don't hear? How will they know if they don't hear the truth? Because that's why there's so many people that are doing that, going through the motion, because, well, I go to church. Okay, well, the devil could go to church, too. I mean, he comes in so many different disguises that we wouldn't even think of. He comes as a, he can use pastors. He can use people who were saved. Um, the devil was in heaven at one time. So, I mean, who are we to say, oh yeah, well, they go to church. Okay, well, the devil was an angel. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. And if you don't tell the truth, and if you don't go through the hard parts and tell the people the rough stuff, they can't get to the good stuff. So if we are so, well, just be happy. Yeah, okay, tell them to be happy when they're miserable and sin sick world, drinking themselves to death or smoking dope and everything else. Let, just be happy. Yeah, that's being happy. That's, that's definitely being happy. Let's drown our sorrows with everything under the sun. And people don't even want to say anything. But let's, listen here, I'm not backing down. And I'm going to tell you straight how it is. If you like it or not, you walk away or not, that's on you. But don't say you never knew. Because it's been preached here, and that's for, that goes for anybody who's walked away from the Lord, family, friends, whatever. Do not say, well, I didn't know because you did. But God can work in those people. That's why we have to pray for people. That's why we have to be a witness, a testimony. Let our lives be an example that, oh, they didn't stop. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. They were, wow, you were going through that, and you still went to, you still pushed through? What? You never know what people are going through to go through something like that or to be a witness. So it could be you. It could be anybody else. So don't ever not tell someone about Jesus. Don't ever not share your testimony, what you've been through, what you're going through. Because let me tell you, people know. And people can tell just by our example. So who are we to hide that? Like the song said, this little lot of mine, I'm going to let shine. No, it's a kid's song. But it really is a good song to sing in our spirits even when we're discouraged. This little lot of mine. This light that God's given me, that he shared with me, that he's given me the chance to share. Why wouldn't we want other people to have that? 
right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll take up the tithes and offerings this evening. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day, God. We thank you for all that you've done in 2023, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, Lord, your grace, everything that you've done in our lives and our hearts, Lord. In this church, God, we ask that you would touch us, Lord, and minister to our hearts, Lord, that we would hear what you have to say to us, Lord, that your anointing would touch us in this place tonight, God, that you would lead us, Lord, guide us, direct us, Lord, those who are listening by a later day or now or through the live stream, God, that you would touch them, Lord, that you would minister to their hearts, that you bless the tithes and offerings this evening, God, that they would be used for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Miss Melissa Clammer. You could meet her halfway. <laughs> Everybody ready for the word tonight? I got a feeling the Lord wants to use her tonight to speak to people. Don't hold back. Amen. The Lord wants to move. He wants to touch us and speak to us. Your last message of 2023. You got the other mic on? Praise the Lord. I'm ready to get rid of this year, are you? It's It's been a little rough and rocky this year. But if we never had a trial or a mountain or a problem, we wouldn't know how that God could solve it. I want to say, I, I understand, Lord. You can, I believe. I believe. I'm a believer. This year I've been a believer. Worn my knees out. I'm surprised the carpet down here isn't worn out. I know y'all don't see me up here on Sundays or Wednesdays, but it's during the week that I get to come down here and pray. And that's, to me, that's the best part because you're not really worried about who's looking because there's nobody here. So if you have your Bible tonight, or since you've brought your Bible, since you've come to church, let's turn into the Word in Luke chapter 12.
the Lord has a lot to say to us. I mean, there's Genesis to Revelation that he wants to speak to us, and the Old Testament is for us, the New Testament is for us. The Bible was written to believers to have instructions on how to live and how to lead others to Jesus Christ and how to live our life pleasing to him. There's warnings in the word. There's examples in the word. There's a lot of information. Actually, everything pertaining to life is found in the word. It may not be the exact word per se that you're looking for, but it's in there. Somewhere there, whatever you're going through, whatever you're looking for, whatever it is that you're searching is, is in the word of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this year, Lord God, even though there's been tests, trials, sicknesses, Lord God, and things, Lord, that weren't so pleasing to us on the outward, Lord God. We know that you did a work in us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit, Lord, through everything that we've gone through. We thank you, Lord God, not necessarily for the hard times, but we thank you for what you did us during those times, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for this year that is coming, Lord God, that there be many more souls saved, that we will be changed, that we will have abundant life, Lord God, in and by and through you. God, we pray for the anointed power of the Holy Spirit to come and move in the words that are spoken tonight, the scriptures that are read, the hearts and ears of those that are listening or watching. God, we pray, Lord, that the hindering powers of the enemy or even of our flesh would be moved out of the way, God, that we would be able to hear clearly from you, Lord God, tonight. We pray against the powers of darkness that would come against your people, Lord God, however they try to come against, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we bind the power of the enemy, Lord God, and we pray, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit to reach all that need a touch tonight, Lord God. Those that are sick, we want to lift them up to you again. Lord God, that you would heal their bodies, Lord God. Touch them and strengthen them that may they may gather again with us in 2024, Lord God, to, to praise you, to worship you, and fellowship at church together, Lord God. I know we are the church, but this is the building, Lord God, where we gather. And we thank you, God, for the opportunity to gather together with like believers in like faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. It says, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and you yourselves like unto men who wait for their Lord. I hope we're waiting. I hope it would be tonight. Amen. I mean, it can come any moment. Amen. And that's the return, the rapture of the church. Because we know that's what's going to take place when the Lord returns. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together. We're going to be called up. We're going to be raptured out. We're going to be caught up. Amen. We're going. If your faith is in Jesus Christ and you're a servant of the Most High God, you will go. 
all those that died prior to this moment that takes place, that died in Christ with their faith in Christ, no matter if it was on their deathbed or if it was they lived to be 90 and it was 89 years prior, they will, they'll be there. That's what we're longing for, isn't it, as believers? And we know the dangers of those that aren't in that. We know the danger that lies for those who are left behind. We understand, we know, we fear for their soul. We fear for them. We don't want to have to go through that. And we don't want anybody else to have to go through that, but they will. And you yourselves like unto men who wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, preparations of the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, that may, they may open unto him immediately. Most of the time there's knocking, 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 and we're so unattentive that we're not immediately. We're supposed to be watching, waiting. We know what's coming. Are we waiting? Are we watching? Are we looking? Are we ready every moment? Are we saying, just let me do this first? Or once I've done this, then then he can come. And and sometimes we may say, oh, I'd like to... I'd like to have grandkids before he comes and me, or, or things like that. But, but in all honesty and reality, we need to be completely ready. That's why it's good to come to church so that there's a time that if something is preached that's going on in your life or maybe you've started to go astray or maybe things aren't clear to you that are hindering, you can, I want to be ready. I don't want to be screeching in on two wheels or by the skin of my teeth, as they say. I want to be fully standing, armed and ready. I want to be on the battlefield in action when the time comes. I don't want to be sleeping and hanging out. I want to be on the battlefield. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those... Servants, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Let's read it one more time. Blessed or blessed are those servants. We're supposed to be servants of the Most High God. Otherwise, you're going to be a servant of the devil because the servant you are one way or the other. Even though people won't admit that, lost people mainly, they are servants of the devil. So blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and shall make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Marriage supper of the Lamb. And if he shall come in the second watch... Or shall come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. Are we vigilant? Are we so vigilant that when we are that we're not only watching for the Lord to come, but that we're also aware and discerning the tactics of the enemy? The enemy, as you've heard many times, doesn't come in with a horns and a pitchfork and 
I'm the devil and I'm going to get you. He comes in through people who are sly, who have smooth talking or, or, or say some of the right things mixed with a little leaven or mixed with the wrong motive to deceive you, to pull you away because that's where they are. Are we avoiding danger? Are we, we you know, my dad always taught us to be aware of our surroundings. Be aware of your surroundings. Don't just go through life skipping skippity-doo-dah. Be aware of your surroundings. And, and now I can take that into a spiritual sense that because the devil roams about, he's seeking whom he may devour. That weak Christian who won't attend to their relationship with the Lord will give their ear quicker to the enemy. The enemy comes in through people, co-workers, friends, family, relationships. That's why we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yoked, you know, one going one direction, one going in another. Because one will pull one one way or the other. For me, I say, if you're yoked up with someone, if you're not pulling them to, if you're pulling them towards Jesus, they're either going to get saved or get gone. But what happens is we don't pull them towards Jesus, so we start to take on their ways. The Bible told tell, told them over and over in the Old Testament, don't take on the ways of the heathen. Don't take on their ways. If you're around country music long enough, you'll start tapping your toe and singing that tune that you once knew. If you're around that long enough and entertain those things without coming against them or standing up against them or getting away from them, you'll eventually allow those things to come in You'll accept them, condone them, accept them, embrace them, and before you know it, you're doing it. That's why we we have to take a, a strong stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ and against sin. Sin is sin. The acts of sin are only a are only evident of what's taking what is in the heart. The act of sin tells us that there's a problem. Someone who is living a lifestyle of, of sin, habitual sin, and, and over and over, and there's no struggle to get set free. They're believing. In other words, they're a person who is trying to get free from a sin, whatever it is that they're in bondage to. There will be a struggle or a fight of faith to get free. But there are some... Well, there is no struggle so that there's a problem in their heart. They're not looking to Jesus Christ. You cannot be set free any other way from any sin except by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And secondly, after you have been saved, same thing. Looking to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it until, I mean, he's doing a good work in us but it's going to be lifelong. 
until we go by the grave or the rapture of the church takes place. He's going to be working in us. That's how messed up we are. And one minute without the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're, we're back to being the old man. And we're supposed to be watching for our soul. We're supposed to be watching out for others. An abundant life is not an oppressed or depressed life. An abundant doesn't mean that at times you won't be upset, you won't cry tears of sadness or there won't be pain or, or brokenness or bruise. At times, because we, we're human, we are fleshly, and we, we know we get our feelings hurt some easier than others, some are more sensitive than others, and others are more hardened in that area, not really hard, but hardened in that area, used to it, and can let it roll from them. You know, like a, be like a duck and let that water roll. Or like Thomas used to say, just get over it. Build you a bridge, and me and Casey used to say, just build you a bridge and get over it. And, and people say, well, it's easy for you to say, but you, you don't know. Maybe they've already built their bridge and got over it. But the Lord is coming back, and he is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. It doesn't mean we're perfect and we're all that. It means our faith is in Jesus Christ. We know who he is, what he did for us, and we know who we are in Christ. And we're yielding to the message. It means we have placed our faith and we're trusting Jesus. We're believing him. I know he can deliver me. I may still be doing this thing that I don't want to be doing, but I know if I keep trusting, I keep praying, I keep seeking, and I keep yielding myself to him, that his power of the Holy Spirit he's given us will deliver me from this bondage, from this sin, from this struggle, from this whatever it is. Hatred, bitterness, strife, whatever it is that's taking place and that's in us that we want gone, God will deliver us. We have to step out in faith. Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants us to come and step out to the altar. You know how it was when you got saved. Maybe some of you, wherever you were, maybe you were in a church. Maybe you were wherever you were. You had to take one step to say, yes, Lord. And sometimes that's what he wants. He wants us to exercise our faith. He's saying, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. All you, come unto me. It doesn't say just sit there and I'll do it for you. you don't have. Sometimes he says, come. I need you to step out. If you're really believing and you really want this, I need you to come. I need you to step out. It's going to teach you that when you have a need, all you have to take is that first step, as that song said. Sometimes it's hard to take that first step. But, but once you take that first step, you won't remember steps five, six, and seven. Because once you take that first step, the Holy Spirit's going to take over, and steps two through ten, you won't even remember them, but you'll remember what happened when you stepped out of the aisle out of the pew and went down to the altar. You'll remember that you stepped out and then you'll remember what you felt when God touched you. You know, we, we ask people to come to the altar and I can remember when, when we were in maybe other churches, maybe when I, it, it was when I was a kid. I don't, some things are a little blurred in there from some damage that was done from some of the things that, that I did. And you would come 
at the end they would give a, a invitation, I guess, to come and they would have men lined up. I don't remember, maybe this was at that first church we attended that and you would come up and they would tell you to, to come and you would come up and they would be standing there waiting for you to tell them what you need. And maybe you don't want to tell them. So are you do you gotta lie? You're gonna lie or you're not gonna go. So it should be that they come and ask you to pray. So why we do what we do here, we don't ask you to come up. You could come up and say, I need you to pray for me. Healing, I need you to pray for me, whatever. But we're not going to ask you. When you come to the altar, that's between you and God. We'll lay hands on you. We'll believe with you. or We won't touch you. Whatever the Lord says. Sometimes he wants us to pray with people. Sometimes he says, don't touch them. Pray from a distance. Other times people want to tell you whatever it is, agree with me in prayer. But sometimes I would say that that would hinder people. It would hinder me if I had something I didn't want him knowing, especially if it was somebody I didn't really know or wouldn't know if I could trust them a whole bunch, you know, especially when you have something very very wrong, very um, personal in your heart or that you've done, or you whatever. Anyway, the Lord's not going to say, I need, you to, I need you to tell everybody. It's not, it's not it. You don't have to tell anybody in, in this congregation, pastors, anybody, anywhere. You don't have to write down on a piece of paper and tear it up and burn it and all that. All you've got to do is take it to the Lord. Anywhere, anytime. That's what he wants. So are we, are we watching? Are we waiting? He says that we are blessed if we are watching. We're blessed if we are waiting. We're going to go in the rapture. If your heart, in your heart, you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you have confessed him as your Lord and Savior, even though you may have messed up yesterday or done something wrong and asked him to forgive you, or maybe you did something just now and then it happens, he's, you'll go. Your heart has the blood of Jesus applied to the doorpost of your heart. You had the blood applied. He isn't going to hold a wrongdoing against you and say, well, you can't enter in. It's where is your faith at the moment? Are you watching? Are you avoiding danger? The Bible tells us that we should abstain from, the, from even any and every appearance of evil. If it even looks like, that could be a bad situation. We should avoid it. We should avoid it. And how should we? Well, for one, we should have discernment. And I believe today that most Christians have zero discernment. They just do whatever, say whatever, and just go with the flow. The flow is going towards hell. We're to be on the straight and narrow path that leads unto righteousness. But there's zero discernment in the church, in the Christians' hearts, in their lives. And therefore, they just do whatever. You've got to know that the Holy Spirit is going to check you when something is wrong. When some, you should not go here, you should not do this, you should not work here, you should not drive this, you should not live here, you should not be friends with them, you should not whatever. Remember, 
The enemy comes through people. He'll use whoever. And sometimes the enemy will influence a believer to say things to discourage you. Really? It doesn't mean they're demon-possessed or that they're being led of the devil. It means they've been influenced. Just like right before you were going to go minister and somebody asks you what you're going to minister on and you say salvation, say, well, you always keep me promise. And your heart goes bloop. Then you pull your suspenders back up, click your heels, click, click, and you go on and present what God gave you and leave it with the Lord. Verse 39 says, And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. If he had known, well, we don't know, do we? God hasn't given us a date and a time because everybody would wait until the ninth hour or the last hour, the last minute, the last seconds. I got 50 seconds to do this, whatever. We would wait. We would put off serving the Lord. So he says, I'm going to come, but you don't know when. You need to be ready. He's prepared us. He's told us how to get ready. He's given us everything we need to be ready, to be watching. But we're so carried away by the things of the world, by, by getting our paycheck, by getting, the, getting this done and that done and getting sidetracked and consumed with the things of the world in everyday living, and what we want that we, we aren't watching. And if you knew that a thief was going to come at 7 o'clock, I guarantee you, you would get up from this service, whether it was in service or, over, or in or over, and you'd be running home, getting ready for that thief to come in so that you could... Whacking, call the cops in the meat wagon so that he wouldn't take what you have. How much more important is it to be ready for your soul to enter heaven or for it to go to hell? If you had known, the Lord says, I'm coming and it's very soon, you need to be ready. That means we need to be ready. We need to have make sure that our house is in order so that we're watching and that we are ready. If he had known then his house to be broken into, he would have known. If Thomas had known what time that motorcycle thief was coming, we'd have had some sparks flying in Athens. You don't know when the thief doesn't come and say, okay, I'm going to come rob you. At 12.03, because I know that you'll be good and asleep. They don't. They come when you're not aware, when it's dark, when, when, you're, when you're distracted or when you're at work or vacation or wherever you are. That's when the thief comes. 
But God's saying, I'm going to come like that. You're not going to know when. You're not going to know the hour you may be at church. You may should have been at church. I, I hope <laughs> if he comes on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. or a Sunday evening and we're not at church, well, it's y'all's fault because y'all weren't here Wednesday. Well, you wouldn't have wanted us here Wednesday. I'm talking about if you could be, if we could be. So we want to be watching because we don't know when he's coming. Be you therefore ready also for the Son of Man comes at an hour when you think not. We got plenty of time. They've been saying that. My mamma said that for 50 years and she's been gone 20. Well, they used to say that years and years ago. We'll probably got that much longer. We should act as though this is the last day. We should have our, our hearts fixed and clean before the Lord every day. And we should be gathering in the end time harvest. Because we know that there are many souls out there that are not saved. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, do you speak this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find him doing. Again, blessed. We will be blessed. We are blessed now, but we're going to be. It's going to be worth it after all. It's going to be worth it in a little while when he comes. All of this, we won't remember any of this torture that we have gone through. We, this, won't, this is nothing compared to what awaits us, where he is going to prepare the wedding for us, to, to take us to, to once we will be united with him forever and ever and ever in glory. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more devil. No more flesh. No more sin. No more work. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find him doing, so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But, and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to beat the men's servant and the maidens, and to eat and drink drunken. I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. No, we don't, we don't realize what lies within our heart. We're not what we always think that we are. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him. This is those I just read about, and I need to go back. But if the servants say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servant and the maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. 
Well, he was a servant of the Lord, but he did what? Oh, he's not coming. I'm going to go back. Not worried about, I'm not worried about attending to my relationship and watching. It's going to, a person doesn't backslide overnight. They backslide over time. And most of the time, it's, it's evident that someone is slipping. That they are, they are slipping and, and we should warn them. Well, they ought to know better. Yeah. But that's not the right attitude. Why would we say, well, they're going to go to hell, it's their fault. We shouldn't have that attitude. When we see somebody slipping, we should try to pull them out of the flames that they're headed towards. Now, will they all receive that? No, but we try. And at some point, we let them go. You've got to let somebody. they got a free choice, a free will. If the devil can talk them out of, out of it, you're not going to talk them back into it. And if you do, the devil will talk them out of it again. If the Holy Spirit won't, can't keep somebody, he can. If the person won't allow the Holy Spirit to keep him, what do you think you're going to do? Well, I'm just going to tell them what they need to do. Oh, oh yeah, you go right ahead. And they're going to listen to you because the Holy Spirit couldn't do it, right? No. That's where we have to learn how to let go. And we can't control everybody and what they do. We can't influence everybody to the right direction in what we see. We sometimes have to let people learn the hard way. Sometimes people have to go the hard way before they learn. And it's not always fun to watch, especially when they don't have to. But we're not God, and we don't know what it's going to take. But sometimes we have to let go and let God deal with them. And however he sees fit. But he will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, God's will, shall be beaten with many stripes. He knew what to do. He knew. You know, there's people that's been in this church and have fallen away. And if they sat here for more than a month, they know. But that's right, they know. Mm-hmm. But there's a soul at stake, and we know how people act when they, when they walk away from the Lord. They're not so pretty anymore. They're not so kind anymore. And even as they're slipping away, you see the signs. You hear the things. You see the countenance change. You can tell. There's a change. Just like there's a a change in the way that I'm walking, there's a change in the way that I'm talking, where I go and what I do when I get saved. There's also a change when you start slipping away. And people think they can hide it, and, and, and they can hide it from most people because not everybody, as I said earlier, has discernment. 
They don't see it. They don't sense it. <gasps> I can't believe they left. Can you believe that? Yeah. Didn't you see the signs? I mean, they came in with the warning sign over their head. You didn't see it? Well, no. I mean, gosh, they had it made. Yep. The devil is sly. But he also knows, and we don't blame everything on the devil. It's the person's fault. It's our fault. It's their fault. There's something wrong in the heart of man. The devil made me do it. And to a degree, that is correct. But you're drawn away by your own lust. You can't blame it on God. You can't blame it. If you hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have lost my temper. You're wrong. I could have said worse, and you shouldn't have lost your temper. Well, if they wouldn't act like that, I wouldn't. Really? So you're saying that just like Adam and Eve said that, Eve said, serpent made me do it. Adam said, she made me do it. You know what? All three were, were held accountable for what they did. God didn't tell Adam, I know, I'm going to get her. I'm going to punish her. And he didn't tell Eve, that's right, the serpent, I'm just going to punish him. Y'all going to be okay. It was his fault. I know I saw it. I saw it all, and it was his fault. No. Everybody's going to get the consequences to their sin dealt accordingly. And there are consequences to our sin. There are consequences sometimes that just don't go away. Sometimes they're there to linger for the rest of our life. The consequence is this, such, and such. And it doesn't just go away. But through it all, God delivers us a portion of grace and mercy that we're able to withstand and to get through and to bear up under. Whatever those consequences are, he gives us peace through it. He gives us power through it to be able to continue on even though there are consequences to our sin. And sometimes those consequences are there to remind us. God says, remember, remember Lot's wife? Remember, don't look back. Don't, don't go back. Sometimes those are there for discipline reasons to remind us. What, just how we, we uh, well, it wasn't so bad in Egypt. I mean... It wasn't so bad here or there. I mean, I was, I had this or that. Maybe I should go back. Or maybe, you know, it wasn't so bad. When, when you were in that moment, it was so bad. It was so bad. that You couldn't take it anymore. That's the, the breaking point that you cried out to the Lord. And now, now you look back and say, well, it wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It is bad. You don't want to go back to the old you. He has many stripes, but he who knew not, never knew, and did commit these things worthy of stripes, he shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whosoever much is given, of him shall be much required. 
and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. What is that telling us? To him that is given much, you can use that in many areas of your life. To him who has been given much financially, who has been blessed above, who has plenty of money, God's going to require you to give more than someone who has, someone who makes $1,000 a week versus somebody who makes $200 a week. Someone who's been given their responsibility of many souls, any souls. The person who has been given much here in this church, the message, those new believers don't know anything. There's not much there for them. But the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you read, the more you attend church and hear and receive or even reject, much is going to be required. Whether you accept it or reject it, it is required. What you are taught here, what you read in the Bible, God holds you accountable to it. Well, I really didn't understand that scripture totally. Well, you think you can lie to God? You can't. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. So we're saying that we read the scripture, we don't know what we're reading because we don't want to be accountable. I think we're just lying. What we know in this church, we are held at a higher standard than others, say, down the road here or there. Because we know that we know that we know it. They're still required. Everybody can get a Bible, everybody can read it, everybody can pray, everybody can receive But to whom much is given, much will be required. There's going to be no excuse when we stand before the Lord for what you know that you did not act on. That why weren't you watching and ready for me? Why weren't you, why didn't you have your lamp filled with oil? Why did you wait until I came to say, oh, somebody give me some oil? Why did you wait? Because you were too busy with other things. Because you rejected possibly this message. Because you denied that he was going to come back. What about those people who don't believe in the rapture? Are they watching? Are they waiting? Are they vigilant? Are they concerned about their relationship with the Lord? Are they, are they making sure that things are right? What's the Bible? We just read what it says about those that are not. Those that called themselves servants, or maybe they were, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord. Did we not do all these wonderful things? I mean, we fed all these hungry people. Yeah, and you let them go to hell. Well, we had a scripture on the water bottle, but you didn't tell them anything. You gave them dry water. They thirsted to death, literally. Second Peter 2 and 20 says, you don't have to go there, I'll read it. It's just three verses. It says, for if after they have escape the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
They are, again, entangled therein and overcome. Entangled and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better... Why are you reading like that? So that we can understand it for... Or at least I can. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. That tells me that there's no unconditional eternal security. Blows that out of the water. I mean, why would they put that in? Well, they really didn't know it. This is they knew. I mean, his word says, for after they had escaped the pollutions of the world uh, through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and they're there again entangled therein and they're overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them to have not known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is returned to his own vomit again. You know, dogs eat when they throw up, they eat it. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. They know the pig, you can wash them up and take them and they're going to go right back to it. It would be better for them to have never... So that's telling us that those who knew, who know or knew and fall away, it would be better for them to have never known than to walk away from God. So you know now they're walking away. We've come too far to look back. We will not be Lot's wife by the grace of God. It would be better for them. It would be better for them to have never known him than to yet tell you their condition. How bad are they? Well, Luke 11 says, lost my little tab. Luke 11, I'll read it to you. I don't think that's right. It's not. I wrote down the wrong one. It says that the unclean spirit, when it goes out and he comes back and returns, what's he got? Seven more. That's why you hear people say, oh, there's seven times worse. Really? Seven times? Could you imagine me? Mama, could you imagine me seven times worse than I was? She said, Lord, get me before that happens. (laughs) Could you imagine somebody seven times worse than they were when they got saved? So I would be, if I went back and the devil comes and says I, he's got takes me back do you and, and that to me if you're a believer and you know where you came from you fear that seven times worse 
Because you know how bad it was. The way you were. And to be seven times worse that. There is a greater damnation for those that turn away from the Lord and either die or the rapture take place without coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because they knew him and rejected it and walked away. So that doesn't mean that every person, every single person that has ever left this church is that way. We don't, we don't know. There are some. And you have maybe in your life and maybe in your family or your workplace or, or here, whatever, have seen people that were once part of it and have slid away. Well, I don't want to judge their heart. No, but you, if you know, you, you're going to know somebody is seven times worse. And you're going to know. Not, not everyone that has left, again, is seven times worse than they were back in sin. And they're, oh, they must all, then you're thinking of all these names. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying how bad is it? And the fear of going back alone, but much, much more to be worse. How can you come out of that? Well, God, God could bring anybody. Who is, who, who, who is in and goes back out and is seven times worse or even 20 times worse than they were. The worst person who did the worst things in the whole wide world and they're seven times worse than they were. God can still save them and wipe them clean. And I've been doing this all my life. And you would forbid them to come in? We should care enough about souls to warn people of this. God wouldn't send somebody to hell. No, they choose to go there. He doesn't just send everybody to heaven because they're good. He doesn't just send everybody to heaven. And he doesn't just send certain people to hell. We choose. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the Most High God? Or are you going to serve the devil in your flesh, yourself? you got to choose. There is a choice to be made. And we're going to be held accountable for watching and waiting. If we're watching and waiting, then when the enemy comes or whoever, whatever comes, our way, we're going to be vigilant. We're going to be, we're going to be watching. I mean, if you thought the Lord was going to walk through that door at any minute, you're going to be sitting there waiting. Somebody comes up and goes, shh, I can't, I can't, I'm waiting. He's about to come. Let's go to, no, 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 he's about to come. If I walk, if I, no, if I take my eyes off of the door through which he's coming, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, but it probably come anytime. Let's go over here and do this. Let's go do this. It'll be okay if you miss. It'll be okay if you do that. But I'm watching. Guarantee if somebody was walking through that door back there with a million dollars, you would kick him away. 
punching be sitting there with your pistol. Anybody gets within 20 feet of me, you're going to die, wouldn't we? But when it comes to our salvation and our very soul that's going to have all the millions of dollars in the world because the, the streets are paved with gold, we won't even care about the money. Then we are easily distracted. Are we distracted by things going on in our life? Sometimes people come into our distraction. Sometimes people come into our life and they are, wow, I mean, they have encouraged me. They, I, I, they, I, I have been encouraged by them. This is great. We've seen marvelous things. And then all of a sudden, it seems kind of like things change. Then all of a sudden, they have become an enemy. Not only are they enemy, but they want to pull you. They become a distraction. God said, I told you, you got to let that go. But God, they were so nice and I, I love them. Oh, you can love them from a distance. But you don't have to have fellowship. Don't be distracted from watching and waiting. You better know he's coming through the door at any moment. And we have to be concerned about our soul, number one, because if we are diligent and vigilant about attending to our relationship with the Lord, everything else is going to work out. The Bible says, if we'll seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto us. What is that? Everything that you need for daily life, for living will be added to you because he doesn't want you he doesn't want you suffering financially suffering physically although sometimes we do physically financially for a time he wants us to he wants our he wants us to prosper even as our soul is prospering and has prospered he doesn't want us to lack for anything well, I don't see my bank account full, and you can't handle it, so it's not going to be. But I think I might could handle it if it was full. Just kidding. We cannot be consumed with what everybody else has. We need to be, if we will, only attend to our relationship with the Lord. Then, and if every person did that, especially in relationships, there wouldn't be the turmoil the torture, the abuse, the negativity, the, the divorce, the, the abandonment that there is. But we can't control everybody. But if everybody would attend to their relationship with the Lord like he's about to walk through that door, everything else will work out. Well, this didn't work out. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't supposed to work out the way you said it did. You you said it would. Maybe God doesn't change, but people change, and we can't control that. What we can control is our relationship with the Lord. And when your relationship with the Lord is right, you won't be so consumed with your spouse, with your family with your coworkers, with your job, with your car, with your house, with your, with your bank account, with whatever we get consumed with. 
if your relationship with the Lord is right, the fruit of the Spirit will be growing in your life. But if your relationship with the Lord is not attended to, the work of the flesh will begin to be exposed. It will come to surface. We will give in to things that we normally wouldn't give in to. God wants us to attend to our relationship first because he's about to come back. You can't control everybody else's actions. What you are required is as much of this as you have been given over the years that everybody has been here. Maybe Autumn hasn't been here years yet, but years that you've been here, that you have been taught this, you are required to give it. It is a gift of God. Why would we just hold it for ourselves and hide it like the, the fellow with the, the, that was given the talent, the money, or even a talent, and hide it? Then to multiply, give it out. And when your relationship with the Lord is right, you'll want to. I don't know about that person. It, just because that person gets saved doesn't mean they're going to be back in where they were in your life. Everything for a season. People come and people go. And if they're right with the Lord, they won't be that way. If they're truly right with the Lord and everything is attended to and they're watching for the Savior, it won't be like it was. We can't control everybody else. What we can control is what our choices that we make, either to submit ourselves to God, yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, and to be watching and ready for the Lord to come. Because it's not going to be much longer. This is the last hours of this year. I would hope that we wouldn't make it into 2024, but kind of looks like we might get there. God help us. So whatever it has in store for us, God is good. God, look, God already knows the 365 days you're about to walk through. He knows when you're going to be sick. He knows when those allergies are going to be up. Sinuses, the cough. He knows when people are going to come, people are going to go. He knows what you're going to go through. He knows the pain that's coming. Allow him to equip you for what is ahead. When you're armed with the armor of God, those things just bounce. They come and they bounce right off. They don't last forever. They come and they go, just like people. They come and they go. Are you watching tonight? We're on the wall. We've built a wall and we're watching. We're going to kick that enemy out and allow the Holy Spirit to come greater in 2024 than he was in 2023. Look how many things we went through. We, we could write a book here, all of us, of the things that we went through. Those are examples. And if he brought us this far, he's not going to fail us now. He's got greater promises, and he's not slack in his promises. And I believe that he's going to fulfill many promises in 2024. If he lets us go into this next year, I believe greater things are coming than in 2023 because we're getting even closer to the rapture taking place. Are you watching and are you ready? That's all I have tonight. If you would, stand to your feet, Miss Grace. Michaela, if you want to come. Want to sing something for just a little bit? And I want to open the altars up because you never know 
what somebody is going through, what somebody has been through. Maybe some of you have a situation in your life that you're believing God to bring victory over. Maybe there's something that has plagued you all of this year. And you have been praying, you've been asking God, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know when, and I don't know how, but I believe. God, help my unbelief. If there's something in your life that you're believing God for, great or small, it's still big in God's eyes to Him to do anything for you. And believe me, He wants to do for you what He can do and only He can do because He wants praise, honor, and glory for that because He wants you to trust Him and depend on Him. So if you have a need, He wants you to step out by faith. Nobody's going to ask you what it is. We don't need to know, but we're going to trust you, Lord. We're going to trust you for whatever it is. We got to give it all to Jesus tonight. He wants to touch somebody tonight. If you'll just surrender to Him and allow Him to move and work in and through you, He will do it. Trust Him.
crick in my arm from holding this heavy little rascal. Amen. Are you expecting God to do some good things this coming year? Amen. I hope that you, you do because we need to. been too much negative stuff going on the last few years, and we need to believe God for some great things. Amen. So go out tonight shouting happy, and I don't know if you'll be up at midnight or not. I won't be, but however you celebrate it, Happy New Year. We love everybody, and Bub said Happy New Year. He said, I'll be sleeping. We'll see y'all Wednesday night unless the trumpet sounds. We love everybody. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.